You're about to listen to an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio, which comes to you free every single week over on geekinthecity.com. If you enjoy helping us keep this show free, and I know you do, pop on over to patreon.com forward slash geekinthecity, where we have all kinds of levels that get you some fantastic awards and benefits. But if you can't help us out there, just please share this show over on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. And as always, our opening and closing theme brought to you by nerd rock group Megathruster. And now, let's get on with an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. One, two, three, four! It's been a long, long week. Why don't you spend some time with geeks? So many issues today into which we must delve. Talk about the stuff that makes you scream and shout. Hit the red alert, we're going more factor 12. Thanks for pressing play. Now we're gonna save the day. And hello, and welcome to issue 562 of Peak in the City Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Duran. I'm one of your other hosts, Rita. And I'm your other host, Cable Hajitani. What's up, everyone? Other than me clearly needing another haircut, because this is out of control. <laughs> uh, your beard is looking short, but bushier. Yeah. Was that, was that intentional? No, uh, camping for two days means no product for two days, which means... Mm. But did you also trim it down the front more recently? No, so when I don't have product, it it bunches up even more. Mm. Um, Yeah, I I, I mean, that's what it does. Uh, uh, or Or as Keelan calls it, you get the black man beard is what I get, is what he calls it. That's what he calls it? Yeah, he joked, he mm-hmm. called it that one time. He's like, brother, you've got like a black man's beard. Like, oh, okay. Because it bushes out more? Yeah. I, just, I mean, that makes sense because you've got a lot of texture. Yeah, and you know, I did that DNA thing and there's a there's a solid chunk of me that comes from there. So, yeah. Was it sub-Saharan? What, yes. what was it called? Yes, sub-Saharan. Yeah. And texture is just like a really generic way of saying you are ethnic and your hair reflects that. Right. Yes. So that that's it. There's a discussion just, into into my face. Hope everyone enjoyed that. And this is why I keep shaving my head. Because of your texture. It just because that that's been everyone's major complaint. Ugh, look at my hair. I'm like, yep. I can. I really feel for you. I got nothing. I'm really tempted <laughs> to shave the head again, but. You know what? There are just too many uh, shaved head bearded dudes in comics right now, and I just don't want to be another one. You don't want to blend in? No. I get that. Yeah, I don't want to be like when someone's like, oh, I read, you know, if I read Duran's script, it should get picked up. Well, who is he? Oh, you know, bald, shaved head, has a beard. Glasses. Glasses. <laughs> no, no, no. You absolutely have a point there. Yeah. So you so, went camping this weekend or any, any other... 
interesting stuff since the last time we've caught up? Uh, yeah, I went camping a couple of days and I explored Fort Stevens with like some ghost hunting stuff, which was kind of fun. You know, don't think I got anything, but it's always cool to explore Fort Stevens because mm. it's, it's weird. And, you know, if you don't believe in that stuff, you can kind of creep yourself out because it's, you know, it's like this, it's an echoey army fort that, you know, it's just creepy looking because it's all exposed metal doors and concrete and you know the railing where they used to move the ammunition is still down in there and you know it's Ooh. cool but also like creepy if you put yourself in that mindset I guess so uh, Aaron if my AC is too loud and is it going to interfere with the recording let me know no I've, I've got my fan on and I can totally that's actually easy sound to take out okay cool I can just background isolate and remove that is very easy to remove uh, do you have background isolation or like Zoom has its own setting for removing background noise? Uh, I've heard that very early on and I rely on it quite heavily. Uh, it does, but I actually prefer my editing software to do it. Oh. It works a little bit better. Very well. Very well. Very well. Uh, how, about, how about you, Camel? How's your week been? Um, or is that like your last week or two? Yeah, well, let's see. I celebrated a birthday. Uh, yeah, happy birthday. Uh, thank you. Um, got name checked on StarTrek.com. Yeah, oh, that's that, cool. now that's a birthday gift. Yeah, that was a hell of a thing. Um, well, how did that I, happen? Wait a minute, you can't just gloss over that. Oh, did you not know about this? No. So Ben what? Coleman, Ben Coleman wrote oh, okay. a an article about Trek in the Park. And, uh, like, those of us in the bridge crew got name-checked. Oh, that's cool. Okay. So it's like... That makes sense. Oh, okay. <laughs> my my name is now on StarTrek.com. Um, even better, the header photo is uh, was done by Merrick, and she is now credited. Yeah, the photos originally got published without credit, uh, accreditation, and, and Ben went back and went, no, that's not okay. This is who did this picture. This is who did these pictures. So well, that's good. Both I did notice that. I did, didn't yep. mention initially who. Well, I, did, I didn't notice it later, but I noticed when I first saw it that there were yep. no names. Uh, Dylan McConus uh, gave up or did the other two photos. So, that's cool. Right on. All right. The, there's a photo of me on, on that on Star Trek.com too. The overhead aerial shot from the bridge. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm like, oh, that's a really good shot. I really like that. And hang on, that's the scene where uh, Jesse and I are talking about the other Andorian in the uh, the brig. <laughs> that's awesome. You could totally put that on like your resume now and featured on StarTrek.com. <laughs> I could. I, I don't know what it would get me. And yeah, it depends on what you were using that for. But yeah, there's always that. So yeah. Uh, other than that, um, work is still work, and uh, today is technically my Sunday, so you know it's been a fairly chill day. I've been trying to organize stuff. Yeah, uh, as I was mentioning before, uh, before we started, I had like two like long late nights, and so my body's like, "That's enough." <laughs> so I've just been thinking it like super easy, but I've the, the, thus I like spent a lot of time on the internet and then I decided to do a bunch of like really low, uh, low effort 
craft projects. Mm -hmm. So like I made, let me see if I can adjust that here. I made that sweet, sweet herb drag rack right there nice. with uh, with good. macrame. It's my first macrame project. Very 70s. Mm -hmm. uh, and then right over there, that a little pin I made board? a little, yeah, I made a little pin board yeah. with felt so that Yay. I have so many pins, but I only have so many jackets to put them on. It's true. I know this pain well. Mm -hmm. So I did that. And then I'm going to do like a... Yeah, not everyone can pull off the Ramblin' Rod. That's true. Pretty much only Ramblin' Rod. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, wait. Bean didn't grow up here. You don't know who Ramblin' Rod is. I didn't either, but I just kind of knew about him from then spending... You live here long enough, you're told about him. And I just assumed it was like something from the 70s that I'm too young to pick up on. Mm, not exactly. It has, a, it, has, it has a 70s sound to it. Yeah. Ramblin' Rod. It does. Isn't he 70s and 80s? I don't know. Uh, up into the 90s. <laughs> he retired in 1997. Jeez. Um, it was 13. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm in a weird headspace right now. Just throwing yeah. that out there. Yeah, oh. it's been it's been weird lately. Yeah, so like I've done a few of the protests. I think I know you and I were at one of them together one night, but I've done you know some before, and I haven't gone to one after because I needed better equipment, which I have now, so I can feel oh. more confident. Well, that was that was one of my late nights in the past week, uh, and uh, it was at, at the time it wasn't super scary or anything, even though I did get shoved by cops. Mm -hmm. But um, then I went home and Twitter was all about what had been happening all night. And it was, it was worse than I realized even while I was there. And it got worse still after I left. It was like a pretty aggressive night uh, by the cops. Yeah. Well, now that the DA is not going to prosecute almost every infraction of the cops make up, they're just going to get more violent because that's going to be their only recourse now. Yes. Since, yeah. arrest, since arrest won't stick, they're just going to beat people harder now. That's all they mm -hmm. got left. Yeah. And so, by that logic, I'm like, well, I guess I was lucky then. Yeah. Because I saw a lot of footage and I'm like, uh, I'm in that video and I was really close to where that, where that happened in that video type of thing. Right. Um... Yeah, it's weird. I'm just feeling very um, creatively unfulfilled. Even though I'm literally like at the tail pages of a script, it, there's... Is it because you're not getting the feedback that you would like normally be... Well, that would normally be part of the process? That's part of it. I'm very much writing in a vacuum on this thing right now. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know. I felt like I used to go... I mean, I was always busy writing and stuff. I, and maybe it was just the act of like not going to a physical place to record this show, mm -hmm. you know, is a, even though we would have issues sometimes that studio would get just like that studio would be miserable right now. Yes. Yes, it would. Yes. Uh, because of the heat. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's just little things I used to do and I feel like I'm not doing them. They were all kind of creative outlets and they're not around right now. Mm. Um, like weird little shit. Um, 
like, I find myself wanting to do like things I used to do as a kid. So like, like example, I was at Asylum, I think uh, last week, I just popped in. You know how they have those little tiny figures from Germany that you put in like plants to create little scenes? Your, um, your terrarium, but yeah, that, the you terrarium. have a couple. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Jen has some. Well, they have like a whole line of like really weird ones and like universal monster ones. And I'm like, maybe I'll buy a couple of those and like get like a like a cigar box and maybe I'll just make a little diorama. And, and like little stuff like that. I'm just like <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, that was Oh my god. This would be the perfect time in the world for stop motion animation to like get big again. That's true. You don't need to find locations. You don't have to socially distance while trying to film. Uh oh. clay is fun. Uh, and then you can hire people to do voice work if you're not, you know, good at doing a lot of voice characters. It would be fun. Also, Clay is fun. It's very fun. <laughs> I don't um, know why I'm hanging on to that. It doesn't have to be Clay either. Yeah, you can use action figures or Lego That's figures. True. I guess Lego figures would probably be the easiest to move around. At this point, yeah. Because they lock into place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway, that's where... Sorry, guys, this might be a very low-energy show this week. Oops. It's totally fine. I mean... I I don't think that these people, the people who are listening right now, these people. Are, are expecting us to be dancing monkeys all the time. They are well aware of the fact that we are human beings. And are we... we being a human being right now is just so tremendously difficult. So much work. No fun. Uh, I'm tired of looking for a job because everything sucks and nobody wants me. And uh, I can't drink about it because then I'll get sick and die. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. I mean, you can't drink too much about it. Right. Well, I'm on. You know what I mean. I know what you mean. I can't continuously do that. Can't be like, well, screw it. All the time, a lot. Right. Yeah, no, I get that. Uh, yeah, that's, I don't know. We can't go anywhere. I mean, go a little bit to places. Yeah. Certain places. You can. There's, there's also still the, the, but should we? (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's the thing is like you can you can do stuff, but you need to be really judicious about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that I went hiking like two weekends ago. It was nice, but it was also hot. It's gross hot. Yeah. So I'll I'll wait a little longer before I do that again. But it felt really, really, really good to leave my house for more than an hour to somewhere other than Safeway. Right. And I might have enjoyed this weekend more. I mean, I, I had a great time. It's not that I didn't have a great time, but there were so many people that it was hard to chill. And our campsite was right next to like a double family outing mm. worth like, you know how there's like the, I mean, kids are kids. They're going to be loud and whatever. And I can't get annoyed at kids being kids when they're camping. Um, but that's not what you had 
That's not what you were there for. Right. No, it wasn't. I was there. It was literally, yeah. But the thing I can get annoyed with is like the parents that just rule by shouting over and over and over again. They don't actually mm-hmm. get off of their butts to go see what their kids are doing. They just shout at the top of their lungs to tell the kids to shut up. Well, you can't let your kids ruin your, you know, intent to have a good time. <laughs> I think there's like, it's hard to give um, parents the benefit of the doubt. Um, because, and I, I try, I try very hard because I, I know like I have friends with kids. We all have friends with kids that they just, they get to a point where just like I, this being or beings exhaust me to a point where all I can do is yell and I go to lizard brain and I can't do anything and I can't function normally. Um, and I think after months of being the only person who's entertaining your kids, all parents have kind of gone nuts. Like, uh, I, I know that, uh, one of my friends documents in Instagram regularly that she's, she's very open and she's very honest. And it's always, I love my kids, but someone can take them today. I, I can't, I can't do it. I cannot just come on by. I'll... <laughs> for for sure, some of my some of the best examples of parents, in my opinion, of course, some of the best examples of parents that I know uh, have no qualms about you know just confessing. Look, look, I love my kids, but sometimes they're just little assholes. Sometimes I I need to not be around them mm-hmm. and just and just have a big old glass of wine, whatever you know. Uh, well, it wasn't only that; it was also like this entire camp, all the adults, literally all like. Everything was always yelling. Yeah, see, and, and that's and what that, I can. That could just but, be their type. Yeah, and that's what I mean. It's hard to give them the benefit of the doubt that maybe they're at the end of the rope. It's like, no, <laughs> clearly you just went, no, we're going to get out of town. We're going to take the kids, and this way we won't have to worry about them so much. And then they get out there, and the kids are crazy and because they, they've been locked up. And so the parents are right back to, and they go from zero to, ah, fuck this. <laughs> Right, and so their vacation is ruined too, and that's all they care about. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Drinking wine for a, a Bobby Hill mug, nice. I was just looking at that. I'm like, that sounds fantastic. Kind of great. Anyway, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I'm sorry, I don't have anything more exciting. Well, it's, it's, you're not required to. Yes, we are. We're supposed to be abusing at all times. This is the pressure that I have put on myself. Uh Uh-huh. You're not a dancing monkey. We're not dancing monkeys. Um, Those are at least wind up. There's, there's always something to make it go. Not much has been happening in the nerd world either, so. That's part of it too. There's not a whole lot going on. <laughs> yeah. Let's. Well, we're coming to the end of con season, which I'm sure a lot of people had their calendars clear early on in the year. You know, for specifically those events. Oh yeah. Um, and then I know that a lot of cons switched over to like virtual cons. But do you? Did either of you guys or anyone you know go to any virtual cons? 
I knew a lot of creators who went. Um, I don't know how much fun they had, you know, sitting on virtual panels. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I did not. I I didn't watch any of them. I, I probably could have, but I didn't. Uh, it's funny that I said that because I actually just got asked to be um, not at a virtual con or a virtual panel. But if you guys remember the panel I did last fall for Siren Nation. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was cool. They reached out to me and asked if I would be interested in sort of like a matchmaking networking situation. So uh, any young folks, I guess, presumably women and women identifying individuals who are wanting to get into certain creative realms. Um, they are linking them up with, you know, established mentee types, mentor types, um, who can talk about what they know. So I guess I'm going to pretend I know about podcasting and offer up that, that you know, piece of my brain to somebody if, uh, if they find a match podcasting. for me. You're no, not I do. still I'm having just... imposter syndrome about podcasting. No, no, I'm only pretending to because <laughs> okay. it amuses me. No, I, I think that I'm, I'm pretty, if if there's one thing in the creative world that I think I can legitimately speak towards, it's how to podcast. Yes, fair. Um, yeah, at first I was like, uh, I'm not really a creative type, so I don't know what help I could be to anybody. I'm like, well, there's the reason you asked to work with me the first time ever anyway, so let's just put that. Right. So yeah, maybe I'll have a, a wee a wee mentee interested in podcasting. And and a, a wee wee bean for the wee bean or something. <laughs> like an even smaller bean. <laughs> like a matryoshka of little beanerita podcasters. Yeah, that's right. They could this be a, my, a this is my hand signal for matryoshka, apparently. That's right. You, they, you could <laughs> You realize whoever this whoever your mentee is going to be, she's going to be Huge. five foot ten. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that'll make that'll make it even better, honestly. Yes. And I'm just always gonna call her like my little mentor, my little mentee, or <laughs> my mini bean. Yeah. I don't you know. Call her. We'll we'll flesh that out later. You are my lentil. You are the lentil to my pinto. <laughs> uh, Norm, uh, honey, I shrunk the bean. Coming this fall to Zoom. Not sure. touching that one. <laughs> yeah, no, that could that could be a cute show or a really weird porn parody. Let's, it let's can be both. <laughs> Cute porn parody. Yeah. <laughs> what if? What Not if all there porn was... parodies have to be like Ron? They could. I mean, yeah, they're still going to have their stuff in, but they could still be cute, wacky. They can be uh, well done. Consider parody to be a cute form of of humor. Look the 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 Adam West Batman porn parody. Um. If you take the sex out of it, it's a legitimately like fun episode of Batman 66. Mm-hmm. They just stick boning in it like every, you know, 15 minutes. No, Norm. No, I'm not reading that one. Forget. Uh, was Who was the Joker in that one? Was that Randy Spears? I don't remember. Although if you read Bortward's book, that, uh, that porn parody is more true to real life than the show actually was. Oh, yeah. That was the swinging sixties when they were making that show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Uh, so yeah, there you go, Bean. There's your, I don't know. There's your pitch, I guess. 
don't know. Well, Denise opened up the chat to be questions. An AMA, and I already regret it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, you want to read the first one? Yeah, let's just start at the beginning because it's just gonna get, you know. All right. So Sack wants to know. If, uh, if you could make yourself six inches taller. Oh, no. It goes all the way up. You're, you're, oh, wait, what? You're at the bottom. Yeah. The oh, I'm sorry. Question... I didn't realize those were legitimate questions. I thought it was just like more like riffs. Oh, okay, no, no, okay. oh no. We're going to answer them all. Okay, all right, let's do okay. it then. Uh, I could A A Y A A M A. Okay. Least favorite state? Mm. Idaho. Yeah, mine too. Oh. Really? Why? Because it's full of fucking racists and it's not apologies to anyone i know from or listeners from idaho but it's not it's not that pretty it's not it's it's very desolate but not in like the haunting desolate that like wyoming is like i go through wyoming which is also has many desolate areas but there's a beauty to it idaho's just the northern part of idaho um the real skinny Skinny yeah. part at the top, where it's between uh, Washington and Montana, gorgeous, absolutely That's gorgeous. That's the Rockies, country. though, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, that is also town after town after town full of white supremacists. So they the prettier like mountains, yeah, the prettier the area is, the more white it is, and that that state is hella white. Mm. And and I'm also basing it on states that I have only been, that I have been to. I have not been to every all fifty states, so I'm sure, not gonna. Sure. I'm like I sure. haven't been to Florida. I'm not gonna be like Florida. I haven't been there. Uh, right, that also limits me. I've not been to that many states, and when I have been, it's been for most of them were military related. To be totally honest, so yeah. I guess I have to go with Ohio because everyone I've ever met from that state uh, was not a great person. Like, I don't know, they just breed them a little differently in Ohio. <laughs> they, uh, they they give them a, a very different set of moral standards. All right. My husband's yeah. over there making that, like, mm-hmm, that, like, weird yes face. Like, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Muppet, yep, 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 like of all time or that is currently doing things yeah that's a good question uh who is that well we can either ask for a clarification or for them to be more specific or we can just each answer by our own interpretation i'm gonna go with someone who exists right now that would be my interpretation fair uh does that mean i have to go now yes then i am picking brian adams Mm. Justin Bieber. Oh, that's the low hanging fruit. It said worse. Okay. Yeah. No, I I think both of you kind of really nailed it. And the reason why I really picked Ryan Adams is because apparently he has become a really garbage human. Yeah, Cable's mm-hmm. not furiously, which bums me out because <sighs> you know he wrote the love song of my high school era. You know, which song is that? Everything I do, I do it for you. Oh yeah, yeah. okay. I found oh, it. Mm. every time that song comes on, I just gotta belt it out. 
with passion. But now I feel dirty about it. <laughs> his uh, his bio says that he's a singer, guitarist, composer, record producer, photographer, philanthropist, and activist. Well, sure. I can write all of those same words and put them next to my name, too. It doesn't mean that it's <laughs> I know. true or real. Unless it's verified, you know, yeah, whatever. Just say that. I'm sticking with my answer. That's yeah, fair. no, that's fine. I, I, I'd like to say Celine Dion, but I don't know that that's true. You know. Is she a bad person? No. It's like, I don't like her music, but it doesn't mean I don't respect that what she does. So, like, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't have a least favorite. I, mean, like, I, could, I, could, mentioned. I could take it with Celine Dion and her music, but uh, I'd rather shoot myself in the face than listen to Justin Bieber. That's fair. I'd also, he just Justin looks like Bieber. a shitty little weasel of a human. He doesn't just look like it. He is. He is a horrible human being. I don't know that much about his personal life or what he does in his personal time because I don't want that information in my head. I only... I try very hard not to keep information about celebrities in my head. <laughs> the only Justin Bieber I like is when Kate McKinnon plays him. Yes, then I okay. love the character. That's then fair. I love Justin Bieber. <laughs> Um, yeah. I've, I've heard that like Celine Dion is a bit of a diva, but you know what? I think she's <laughs> earned it. I think she's kind of earned it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she's a multi-platinum. I mean, and plus she earned a lot of brownie points from me when she fucking did that Deadpool 2 theme. That was pretty cool. Was pr- she does this theme song to the second Deadpool movie. It has like a Bond movie opening with like Deadpool seductively strutting on the credits to Celine Dion song. And she shot the video with him. I have to rewatch that. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, it's pretty fun. So there you go. She redeemed it. But Brian Adams, <laughs> screw you for, yep. for breaking my uh, heart twice. What is your favorite ham dish? So it can't be bacon. No, no that's they not said ham. ham. It's not ham. Yeah. Um, that's the thing is, I'm not big on ham. Ham. Do pork chops count? No. Okay, then. Um, I I guess like every now and then, I I I really really get in the mood for that like ridiculous spiral cut honey glaze business you get during the holidays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I. I don't know. I enjoy di- some diced up leftover ham in uh, a scramble. Oh, can I say spam? Does that count? Spam is not ham. Stands for spiced ham. Yes, but it is technically considered a potted meat product. Okay, I'll stick with I'll stick with my spiral cut honey glaze business. Right. I feel like mine's gonna sound like I'm kissing up to someone we've had on the show. But uh, and it's a relatively new dish. But I did fall in love with the Bill Oakley sandwich. That's pretty oh. damn magical. And so it is he... a very and it is a variation of the steamed ham episode that he wrote in The Simpsons. All right. Did Did you see his uh, uh, one minute review of the the Cheetos uh, yes. mac and cheese? Boy, do I want to try those. I want to know why there's not a whole box. There is. is there's both, a box and there's the easy box. And there's there's both versions. Yeah. Okay. And I've actually now read from like three different pretty fun food blogs that have all said 
they're all good. They are oh, yeah. way better than they have any right to be. Yep, I believe that. And then I... apparently the Flaming Hot is the best of the three. Hmm. All right, I'll keep my eyes out. I'm also keeping an eye out for the Smart Food Crunch Berries combo that's well, out the... there. Next time I go, I'll uh, I'll try to remember that you're looking for those. Yeah. Thank you. Wait, yeah. smart food, as in like a, like a healthier version of Crunch Berries? Oh, no. It's smart food popcorn oh. and Crunch Berries I in saw one that. bag. I, I saw thought that you meant our... the smart food service. Costco, the, or the cash and carry. I can oh, never no. remember exactly oh. what it's called, but oh, the no. cash and carry. Cable, I know what you mean. I did see it at my local grocery store, and I intentionally didn't buy it because I've been trying to eat better again. Sure. You know, so. Um, I'm just saying, in our near future... That might be coming with us. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ace in the oh, chat says, if I could uh, it. says Cordon Bleu is his favorite hamburger. Cordon Bleu is actually, that's pretty good. That's a good one. Yeah. But so that, technically, re- it's a chicken dish with ham. Yeah, it's not true. a ham dish. I know that uh, some uh, Seth said, uh, I'll allow it, but. I'll allow it. I think te- yeah, you're, you're really skirting the edge there. Where does a Monte Cristo fall in there? Because that has ham. That would also count. It's the uh, primary protein. Yeah. What would also count would be moons over Miami. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, blessed moons over Miami. Oh, I'd forgotten about moons over Miami. The only true reward for a high school theater kid is yeah. moons you... over Miami at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. All right. If anybody says moons over Miami, moons over Miami again, I'm going to have to like leave the show and go to a Denny's. <laughs> I'm just like, I'll just, stand outside with a, I'll just stand outside with a mask on until you bring me a hot plate of ham and eggs on bread. Mm. Whatever they do with it. I don't even Denny's know is great because you can order anything without knowing how to, you don't have to speak. You can just point in pictures and go like, Ugh. It's a whole stand-up bit about that. Yeah. Is there? God, yeah, it's from ages ago. Uh, <sighs> already. Um, I can't remember who, who it was though. What is your favorite euphemism? Oh, man. You know, I really enjoy euphemisms, and so I'm always, like, throwing them out there and using different ones. So I don't know that I've ever really committed to one. I'm a euphemism slut. Yeah. Well, that's going to show up as a norm banned any minute now. (laughs) Yep, as soon as I I said it. I will say one of my favorite euphemisms is one that I almost never use, but when I hear it, I always chuckle because I enjoy it. And that would be, well, that really shit the bed. <laughs> I don't ever use it. But when I hear it, I'm always like, huh. is that a euphemism or a turn was, of phrase? Oh, yeah. Right. Oh. Okay. Well, now I have to rethink. Yeah. Because a euphemism is more like a, like a double entendre. Right? It can oh, well, be, yes. Then it's it, like asking to pick which arm I like. <laughs> Oh, substitution, or... substitution for something that's maybe a little bit too crude to say outright. So you, you use... I don't know that I have a favorite oh. euphemism, I, but I do have a favorite phrase using the word euphemism, and that is not a euphemism. Ha! Uh, well, then my favorite would probably... Uh... Well, I don't know. I know we, we said it before the show started, but I am—I don't know if this counts. I'm a big fan of like, well, 
we went home later on that night and had a little bit of how's your father yes okay i like that one and as we'll come up later in the chat i'm also a fan of flicking the bean that has always made me laugh i think that's funny it's that it is makes, it makes our co-host bean very awkward now but to be fair I have uh, been be saying fair. it decades be before fair. I ever met her. To be fair. No, no, that's it. That is, that's been around way longer than I've ever been identified as such. So I, uh, you know, I had a, I had a choice. Okay. It's like when the Simpsons are naming Bart. Bart? Bart? Cart? Dart? <laughs> E-art? Like he runs out of fingers, so he ne- it never occurs to him that fart rhymes with Bart. Yeah. As a dis- as as to, you know, for deciding whether or not it was an okay name, like does it rhyme mm-hmm. with anything embarrassing? Right. <laughs> anyway. Right. All right. Do you have a favorite e- euphemism being? I don't. Not really. Oh. If it was, if if there was one that I loved enough to call it my favorite, I would be able to recall it. So. All right. Hmm. Um, the next question is: If you could make yourself. Six inches taller, but only by shrinking Greg Nibbler, presumably six inches shorter. Would you do it because you wanted to be taller or just for giggles? No. No. I, yeah, I, 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 Greg Nibbler is already self-conscious <laughs> about his height in a way that is amusing. Like, you don't need to, like double down on that uh and only shrinking greg nibbler does not make me taller so i can't achieve any more or less if i physically stay the same mm-hmm. i thought so, the question is that you got to be taller only by yeah. shrinking greg nibbler <laughs> yeah yes i would not neither like i have no interest in being six inches taller um nor making greg nibbler six inches shorter in the uh no, I like maybe maybe we're interpreting this wrong, but I don't see the. I, there's no gain here. There's, I think it's. I, the, I think other people like picking on Greg Nibbler, and they want to see <laughs> if we also do. And I don't care to pick on Greg Nibbler. Yeah, um, he and picks also, on himself I, enough as it is. He that's what I'm saying. Is like he yeah he already has strong yeah. feelings about it. So like he already owns the bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yep. Like, I can't make it any worse for him. Um, Not that that's a goal. I also, also like being cable sized. I don't need an additional mm-hmm. six inches. See, that's me too. I'm already five nine, so adding I feel like six three just I think I've looked weird at six three. I'd have to buy all new clothes. There's also that. Mm-hmm. I've I've actually gotten to enjoying not ducking in my basement. Yep. Mm. I like being five foot six. Yeah. I I mean I guess I could be shorter, but I don't know. It just like makes me uh I, I I don't have a problem with being short. And I, if I was shorter, it wouldn't be a problem. In fact, it would just make me that much more compact for for weird things that regular size people can't do. It it would make it easier to put you in a carry-on. Yep. There is something to be said for being able to fit into a suitcase. That's right. I don't know what that thing is, but somebody said it. In case uh, vaudeville ever comes back, you're ready to go. You got a talent. Okay, what, uh, where is Zach, the next I think question? you're just drunk now. If there was a pie, what kind of pie would it be? All right, we don't, we don't have to answer all of these. <laughs> I don't know what that means anymore. I don't know, because 
I mean, besides, if there was a pie, it would be strawberry rhubarb. Mm, damn straight. Because that's the, the pie of summer. It is. Which yes, is then is. quickly followed by pumpkin pie, which is yes. the pie of my heart. Yes. Pumpkin pie from September 1 until January 3rd. So, oh, man. since it's been From on... your lips to Jack Skellington's ears. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's actually a good question. No. Uh, granted, we have just called him out on being drunk and, and typing in whatever comes to his head. <laughs> what was something recently that was a pleasant surprise? Hmm. Should Do you think they want like a goofy pop culture answer or a legitimate answer from me? Oh, I think they're going to get a legitimate answer. Because this is something I, don't, I, I don't actually think... I thought about uh, a few days ago. So. Go for it. Um, this was... So we bought, like, a adult size inflatable pool just to sit in the backyard. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I was able to, without feeling self-conscious, take my shirt off outside was actually something that made me pleasantly surprised. Nice. Yeah. So, there it is. Not because I've gotten incredibly like smaller and I've lost a fuck ton of weight. I just thought like, you know what? I could be okay with this now. Took me 44 years, but I can do it. I wouldn't call it a pleasant surprise, but I had a similar experience this past week. Oh, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just going to stop there. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, I guess... Uh, it's it's going to come out eventually, you know, but um, I, I agreed to do... Literally. Uh, you want me to tell the story or not? I didn't mean it that way. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I, just, I, didn't, I didn't think I was going to be like announcing this, but here we go. Uh, I, I agreed to do a film shoot uh, as, a, as an extra character. And uh, at first I was like, okay, well, I, I knew I read the script a while back. So I was like, uh, does, it, do I have to, does it have to be nudity in this? And I was told, no, not if you don't want to. And then there was a lot of back and forth between cast and director. And then it was going to be sort of like at your comfort level. And uh, much to my own surprise, my comfort level was to be just as topless as everyone else around me. Good job. Literal first. <laughs> I don't know if congratulations are in order. Be nice, chat. Don't be creepy. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, now you guys are going to make me regret it, aren't you? Uh, no, yeah, no, I was I was surprised that I was comfortable with that decision. Yeah, that that's a all. good one. That's a good one. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised that uh, conversation with my mother that I had been dreading turned out to be not a nail in the coffin of any sort of relationship with her. So. It was more of a, we both got to learn things. I got to be, I got to relearn the, the fact that my mother is not an idiot and actually does listen to things and does think about things. So, well, that's, that's good. Yep. A relief. Yeah, it was, like- it, it, it was mostly over, you know, everything that's been going on in Portland and, you know, versus and everything else going on in the world. Like going through and getting across to her that no, everything that you've been hearing about Portland is actually wrong. Yeah. All of it. 
It's like, what? There's all this going on. I'm like, nope. No, there's not. Yeah. All the violence is cops. That's all it is. Right. Uh, We should give Ace a little shout out. Something he had nice. He had one of his arts published in uh, Gloom. His arts in the, I guess, one of the newer Gloom card games. That's cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, Which Gloom set? Uh, If it's coming out, it's got to be the Game of Thrones one then, right? Because that's the one one he mentioned. That's, That's the most recent one, yes. Oh. Ace, let oh, us know cool. in the chat which one. If you can yet, maybe you're not supposed to say anything. <laughs> uh, all right, Norm's got another one. Uh, what games you're looking forward to playing? This can be either board, video games, or pen and paper. Wow. Oh, I just went all Uncle Roger on this. <laughs> Lay up in my chair. <laughs> wow. Uh. It's like, this is the most Asian thing that I have ever done on this podcast. I think, is that like a specifically Asian thing? It's a thing, yeah. I've never heard of it. I thought he was just, he's just like, oh my God, I'm so shocked by this that I... I... He's not the only Asian male that I've seen do this. (laughs) But like, it signifies a certain level of... Like, we all have that uncle that does that. I still need to watch that second Uncle Roger video where he actually makes fried rice with the woman from the BBC. That one is on my like YouTube like like check it out section oh, right now. Does he finally make one with her? Oh yeah, it, it happened oh, like just it, it was published like last week. She contacted oh, wow. him the following day. Nice. Where'd it go? Uncle Roger meet egg fried rice lady. Mm-hmm. One week ago. That part losing his mind when he wash when she's wa- when she doesn't wash it. I did too. Like I get even I, I did on that one. Like, yeah, everything about that was just like oh. I've never washed my rice before cooking it. I don't. All right. I didn't know that was like, a thing. He's like, note to self: never eat Denise's rice. My rice so is delicious. The... As long as the... I don't use the 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 pot thing. It. Uh... Yeah, it very. I, honest to God, we'll get back to Norm's question in a second. Um, honest to God, it, it washing your rice um, and the degree that you wash it also affects how it turns out. Like that, if you cook it unwashed, you've got some sticky, starchy rice. Yeah. Uh, does it vary from rice different grain to grain to grain? Because I usually use long grain rice, which is apparently less starchy to begin with. Um, and I also do something that other people don't. Okay. Let me, let me start at the beginning here. I don't make, I don't just make like steamed rice or like plain cooked rice. Uh, growing up, the only kind of rice we ever made was like this kind of, uh, savory, uh, rice. You use chicken bouillon. You sort of like toast, not toast the rice, but you, you heat up some oil, you drop in your rice, and like you you cook it in the oil uh, until it starts to get a little bit translucent. And then you add the water, you add your bouillon, whatever other seasonings you're going to use, and then cook that until the water's gone. Ten minutes, you're done. Hmm. That's pretty much how you make whatever, what they just call it Spanish rice. Right. There's just no like tomato juices There's in no it. There's no tomato. And when, we, when I fry mine, I also put, I put cumin in mine too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
And from what, what my mom learned it from my grandmother, my, the one who passed away, not her mom, right. other side of the family. Um, uh, so I don't know if that's like a pretty common, that was her particular way to do it or, but we definitely never washed it. Yeah. And I, I don't know how to make plain steamed rice. A quick side note, A says it's a gloom expansion. Oh, and he did a Kickstarter for an expansion. If you buy that expansion, his art's in it. Okay, cool. You were going to say, Um, I didn't learn how to make rice growing up, um, although we had a rice cooker. Um, I learned how to make rice when I moved to Portland, and the first place that I worked was a Japanese restaurant. And learned from... uh, the staff was predominantly Vietnamese and learned how to cook rice from them. And so like everything that, everything that uncle Roger reacts to, it's like, Oh yeah, no, that's like, why would you make rice any other way? Um, but he, like, I know other people make it on the stove. I've always used a rice cooker. Like I bought myself a rice cooker, this rice cooker that I have, is about a 10 cup rice cooker and it all, it's also functions as a warmer. So it like you cook the rice and you just leave it in there for like three days. And, and you can steam veggies in there too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We had a really nice one that we got for our wedding. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say it was necessarily like super fancy, was it but national? it was, uh, I don't remember. We ended up getting rid of it. We got a we got an instant pot at some point, and I was like, "Well, this works as a rice cooker, so let's have fewer things." Instant pot does a million things. Rice cooker does fewer things, and I regret it because I cannot get I can't do rice correctly. I, but now, if I make the rice at home, I just make it on the stove top. Yeah. I can't stand the instant pot for rice. I've never had a, it. Either comes out as mush or it burns it. It's not the same thing. You it, have it, to have a rice cooker. Christian can do it and it comes out totally fine, but every time I, I try to do, do it myself in the Instant Pot, something goes wrong. And there's nothing more insulting to me personally than to feel like I don't know what I'm doing in the kitchen. So, sure. That, I get stove that. top it is. Um, yeah. yeah, the rice cooker I've had is it, it's the same rice cooker that I've used now for going on 30 years. Like the same device or the same model? It's type? the same one. That's impressive. And see, I, I regret getting rid of the one we yeah. got because that was yeah. dumb. Get it. Get a national brand. Uh, so Jirushi is another good brand. And it'll just, it'll just take care of it. It'll take care of you. <laughs> um, what was Norm's question again? <laughs> what game are we looking forward to playing? Game All right, 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 right. In the immediate, I'm looking forward to actually playing um, Scooby Doo Portrayal at Mystery Mansion. Right. Um, I'm also looking to get back into playing uh, Star Trek Attack Wing on a regular basis whenever that can happen. Um, right. Yeah, for a dude that works in a game store, there's not a lot that like is really piquing my interest game wise. I I'm just looking forward to getting back to role playing at a table face to face with people. 
Mm-hmm. I will. I will agree that like while doing it via Zoom has its perks, it's not the same vibe. No, not at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, just not at not at all. Um, mm-hmm. And then by extension, I someday want to actually schedule like betrayal legacy and actually make it work oh, no. and play and oh. play that out mm-hmm. you know so so yeah i guess the game that i was running or was a part of before and then a game that's two years old and i barely cracked open <laughs> yeah i don't know yeah there's not a lot of games out there that i'm like, excited about or missing uh save to say that yeah it would be it would be nice if we could go back to playing tabletop IRL yeah and our particularly the our one campaign with our you know that particular group of friends who I haven't seen but besides on zoom or facebook right well on fourth of July and if you saw some of them oh yeah okay there we go so I've seen but we didn't game people in that group yeah. Right, right. So I've seen ev- pretty much everyone in the group once since right. all of this started. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, we should definitely uh, do something soon. Well, we should plan some. Actually, we should say now that in September there's going to be a, a Tuesday in September where you're not going to have us. Right. Are you talking to me? That's or are you talking to the listeners? Yes, gonna, yes. There's... The uh, the first. The first Tuesday in September, we're we're taking a week off. Yep. Uh, for for Geek in the City. Getaway. Getaway. Yeah, something like that. Whatever yeah. you call it. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. say we're 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 taking. Um, you know, like every you know most 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 people have like a planning event once a year, things like that. Yeah. Because you know we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff for right. for the future. Um. But yeah, we're, we're taking a break. Yep, it'll be good. Uh, Norm mentioned Cyberpunk, uh, the PS4 or whatever game. I'm looking forward to that, but it's kind of weird. Like, I wasn't that announced like ages ago? Yeah, they they pushed it for many reasons. Most of it, yeah. I think, some of it covertly. Some of it, they want to make it a good game. They don't want to rush any of it. It's mm. a huge tentpole game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, but I'm strangely like I'm excited for it. But I feel like it's a game I'm gonna wait a few months before I jump into it, I feel like it's going to launch with bugs. Because it's so big. and mm-hmm. I know they're working really hard at it, but I, mean, I don't know. Uh, Ace mentions uh, he's looking forward to playing the Marvel Champions game. Deck mm. Builder! It's, uh, it's been really popular. It came out from Fantasy Flight. It's uh, in the same family as Arkham Horror and Game of Thrones. Uh, Legend of Five Rings. Um, each time they come out with a new deck builder, uh, or a, it's called a living card game because instead of a collectible card game, there are finite card packs you can buy to enhance your game. So pretty much everyone has the same. If you if everyone buys everything that's available from the game, then everyone has the exact same cards, and then it becomes how you put it together. Um, but e- each time they do a new one. The, they uh, refine the mechanics towards the next one and refine the mechanics towards the next one. Uh, like up until recent, up until Marvel Champions, like Arkham Horror was on the top of the list where it kind of covered the bases on how good of a game it was 
like for deck building, for um, cooperative play, all yeah. all of these things. And then Marvel Champions came out, and it's like, oh, and now it's even better. Plus, it has superheroes. Right. Um, like I never, I never played it, but I was always, I would always kind of tangentially follow the story arc to Legend of the Five Rings. Not, I mean, and being really impressed that basically a card game had a really interesting mythology and the world mm-hmm. was like ever changing based on how the game was played. It was, it was pretty cool. Um, I always thought that was neat. Yeah. And that got, that got uh, relaunched by fi- uh, Fantasy Flight because the original uh, publisher lost license. Yeah. I think it was AEG. I that think. sounds right. Um, and then, uh, Fantasy Flight bought it, and they brought it back as it, they took it out of the CCG realm and put it into the LCG realm. Right. And some of the players really liked that, and some of them didn't, and went you know, and ran away. All right. Sax got one favorite Star Trek one-off alien culture. I guess he means like only kind of referenced one time. One-hit wonders of the alien races. Uh... Trying to think of alien. I mean, because they don't, you don't get a whole lot of info when they're just like a one-off. Like we visit their planet, and now we're gone. Right. Um, actually, no, it's not true. I do have one. They've never named them though, and I've always wanted to write the sequel. Mm-hmm. And in, in TNG, uh, going to like on the episode, the ones that were abducting people from the Enterprise and doing experiments schisms. on them. Schisms. Schisms. Yeah, where they were being abducted by Gartham. Right. <laughs> yeah. It was essentially what it sounded like. Yeah. So, yeah, I always want to know more about them. I guess mm-hmm. I want to know more, though, not a culture that I thought was cool, because they never go into anything about him. Um, maybe That's the a Icon- really good question. The Iconians, because they're referenced all the time, but you really know nothing about them. Um... What episode were the Iconians in? They have the gates that let you travel anywhere, so they're rep- they were referenced a few times. Yeah, right. they do. Fucking Iconians. You're just mad because it sent your ship to the mirror universe. Yeah. I mean, we got out and all, but... Yeah, you did. It was the shiniest, you... reddest button ever. We weren't going to not do it. I know. You, um, got to have, you got to have a cabin boy for like two episodes. I did. And now he's just my, a and my cabin boy. Ho- my my cabin boy had a cabin boy. <laughs> uh, uh, Tosk. Why would be curious to explore more of? Tosk. Yeah, he was a one off. Yeah, that's true. Are, I am Tosk. I am hunted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which apparently, in an earlier draft, the Tosk was the inspiration for Jem Hadar, and you can totally see it. Uh, so yeah. But he was the one off. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah, all the ones that I would normally say ended up with like at least one follow-up episode. Right, yeah. yeah. Like, I know, I'm trying to think of certain species and I'm like, no, but then they came, brought them back during Enterprise or whatever, so. Yeah. Hmm. What are you thinking, Bean? Well, I was saying, like, I, everything I think I can think of, like, 
they're not one-offs because of Enterprise. So like the Tholians. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I the Gorn. The Gorn. That was the other one. And I'm like, yeah, more Gorn. Well, no, they give us more Gorn and it was terrible. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, the the role-playing game does a really good job of expanding the Gorn. I think it's in the Beta Quadrant book. And then also, um, oh, I don't think they're technically a one-off. Who are the ones where they always wear the 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 helmet mask business, know, and so like brain. nobody knows no the brain. Yeah, but they're not a one-off. They're not because remember they're really heavy in that that uh, that Klingon trilogy that I loaned you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they they were yeah. a huge part of that. Um, so yeah, I don't like. We it, still don't know anything for me. about them. That's true. Yeah, I mean the books. But do, the, the question books are, is, the question is your favorite one off, and the right. the brain are not a one off. It's hard. This is a harder question for me to answer because I haven't seen all of the episodes of all of the Star Trek. Uh, oh, maybe. Um, because I always hit the highlights, I'm more likely to like have repeating species. I have, uh, and I'm still having a hard time picking a one. <laughs> um. Oh man, you know what? I would love to know more about the Horda. And like the Horda culture. Yep. <laughs> I didn't mean it to sound that way. They Wait, would be the Horta. The, the the thing that that uh it's a lava monster that yep. crawls Devil around. Devil in the Dark, I think is the episode. Devil in the Dark, yeah. Uh uh, then there's like the Doomsday Machine, which is one of my all-time favorite episodes. But I think I think that that machine gets referenced at least one other time in one of the other series. No, uh-uh. I just use it in the game again because I love it too. You sure? Because yeah. it gets brought up again by someone else. There was somewhere. a Peter David book called Vendetta that is all about the Doomsday Machine. Mm. That the one on the episode was a prototype, and that it was actually designed to fight the Borg, and that was back when they had to make everything connected to the Borg. Oh, yeah, I didn't read or, or I didn't see that. Yeah. Um, but is it technically an alien species, or is it a mechanical device made by a species? In which yeah. case, we don't know what alien species that is. Right. It's a mechanical so, device built by one, yeah. Technically not a valid answer. They don't exist anymore. <laughs> their war long over, but their weapons are still out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Damn, I'm a dork. I mean, there was the Binars. They were a one-off. Yeah, that was cool. I don't know that I'm particularly fond of them, though. Hmm. There was oh, a there's a band for... by the same name. The Binars? The Binars. Huh. Anyway, well, I think we answered that one pretty well. We can move on to something else. Yeah. Well, what, was Cal- what were you going to say, Cable? I was just going to say, I was also particularly fond of uh, the aliens in the TOS episode, the the Cloudminders. Is that what it was called? Mm-hmm. But I think that had more to do with costuming. Yeah, that's a pretty sexy race. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of lot of flowing lace on the Cloudminders. There were a lot of outfits that were like, that's held on by tape, right? That's the only explanation at this point. Yep. Absolutely. Often not even that. Often spirit goo. Mm-hmm. Or spirit come or whatever. Um, there were some, but I forgot. Well, there was a, a, a 
a similar Star Trek question where uh, the Norm followed up with with. Uh, Have you ever had a Star Trek dream or fantasy? Yeah, that one. Oh, and then he mm-hmm. said it can be sexual or non-sexual in nature. I have not. Uh, like, have I ever dreamed I was in Star Trek? Well, sure. <laughs> I think my Star Trek fantasy is uh, global socialism. And mine's actually Wah-wah. harder. Mine's actually harder. It would be writing for Star Trek. Oh. I feel like one of those is way more easy to achieve than the other. Um, I mean, hell, I used to build fake Jeffrey's tubes under my bed and into my closet to pretend I was crawling through the Enterprise. So, mm-hmm. Well, based on your guys' answers, I'm like, you know what? My, my dream, my fantasies is to be around other sentient species that are not humans. All right. That's fair. There it is. There. Bye. <laughs> well, bye. <laughs> right to Tombstone, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Always. Yep. Well, speaking of Trek, should we kind of roll into uh, uh, reviewing Lower Decks, episode two? Yes. Because sure, we have nothing sure. to talk That's about. We were, we were able to waste like an hour just now, so we got to get closing up here. Super. This seems like the perfect spot to take a quick break and thank our many sponsors. First up, Guardian Games. They have been our sponsor the longest. Uh, don't know what that means, other than they have been awesome since the beginning. Um <laughs> Go down there and check them out. 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. They are currently open. Uh, they are limited, however, to 20 people at any given moment inside the store. So as much fun as it can be to really take your time and, and peruse and, uh, you know, flip through all the books and whatnot, try to have a little bit of an idea what you're going for. Because especially lately, it's been so dang hot. A lot of people are having to wait outside uh, so that everyone can be safe. So, so, so do your part and uh, find your entertainment as quick as possible. They have all kinds of great games. Uh, you've heard us actually on the show just now talk about like the Scooby Doo Betrayal at Mystery Mansion. It's uh, another version of Betrayal at the House on uh, the House on the Hill, but it's for uh, for younger kids and those young at heart. It's honestly it's pretty dang cool looking. And I am looking forward to trying it out myself. That is but one of the many games they have down there at Guardian Games. They have an amazing staff that have been working hard since the whole pandemic kicked off to make sure that you can safely pass the time while maintaining some distance. So while you're there, from a respectful six feet away, thank them for sponsoring Geek in the City Radio Guardian Games. Boop, 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 transition sound effect. Uh, next up <laughs> is Bridge City Comics. They are one of Portland's greatest comic book shops for sure. Don't believe me? Find out for yourself. 3725 North Mississippi Avenue in the Mississippi District. Actually, uh, they've got a little thing. You should go to their Facebook page. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Bridge City Comics. We are coming up on the... Technically, the 1,000th issue of Batman appearing in Detective Comics. Detective Comics issue 1,027 is coming out in just a few weeks, and there are going to be all kinds of awesome variant covers, if that's your jam. Covers from which you can pick from. Uh, my washing machine is about to go on a spin cycle. You're welcome. 
but yeah, go on to their Facebook page. You can request and ask for which cover you would like to get, and Bridge City Comics will do their best to get you that cover. So get there, check it out. Uh, it's a milestone issue in the world of superhero comics, so that's that's pretty cool. 1,000 issues of Batman. Yeah, that's dope. Some people might hate it. I don't care. I love it. Bah. 3725 North Mississippi Avenue, Bridge City Comics. And finally, before we get back to the show, just a quick shout-out yet again to Nat West of Reverend Nat's Hard Cider for giving us the hookup with uh, all new equipment so that we all sound great while in different rooms recording this show every single week. So a big shout-out to Rev Nat, who's also been out there kind of fighting the good fight for everybody, uh, helping sure that uh, we hold those in power accountable while providing some fantastic beverages. So big thanks to Reverend Nat. And with that, let's get back to this issue of Geek in the City Radio. All right, so... Yeah, I'm going to bring up the... Second episode is called The Envoys. Yes. Plural, right? The Envoys. Yeah, the on. Uh, I think it's just called Envoys. Yeah. After a high-profile mission goes awry, Boilmer is further plagued with self-doubt when Mariner proves herself to be a more naturally talented sci-fi badass than he. Rutherford quits his job in engineering and explores other departments on the USS Cerritos. Yeah, so definitely this episode doubles down on the idea that Mariner uh, has been around the the galactic block, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, and doesn't again like doesn't care about like rules and regulations. She knows them, but that's not how she that that's not how she plays the game. She right. she relies on her own experience of things uh, to to decide how to act and what the right what the right decisions are yeah and that really that really fucks with boimler <laughs> that yeah. it does um i think that one of the jokes that i appreciated the most was when rutherford quit um engineering and then quit security and the reactions both times were like I've only got one thing to say to you. Congratulations. You have a lovely time. You're going to do great in whatever department yeah. you end up with. And it's like, follow your dreams. And, and the that. entire department cheers and claps. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, right. It's, it's Speaking still Speaking fantasies. Yeah. I, I also did like it when he attempts to work in medical. She's like, just, just keep him distracted. Okie dokie. Oh, you're, you only have a 20% chance of dying. What? Oh, it's up to 30 now. You should calm down. <laughs> <laughs> He really did not do well in, in, in medical. No. Uh-uh. Um, I do like a lot of the... Uh, I loved all the stuff with the Klingon. Um, oh, yeah. I honestly thought when they had mentioned, you know, a certain one-eyed legendary Klingon, I was like, oh, are we going to get a Mar- an animated Martok cameo? That would have been pretty cool. I yeah. was hoping. Yeah. But it also might be kind of smart for them to not do that yet. Sure. Like, don't, don't do an animated version of a character we know... You know, don't blow your whole wad. Right. First couple episodes. He also came across as kind of like he was a C-list Klingon. Yes, he's not actually as good as he claims to be. That's that's a good thing to bring up. Like the whole the whole gag about the Cerritos is that they're like the they're like the B team of Starfleet. Right. Yeah. So why would they even the B team? Sure, absolutely. Um, third, third string lineup 
And mm-hmm. so why would they be getting these like super prestigious uh, envoys? Right. And guests on the ship. I, uh, no. I, I enjoy the, uh, the, uh, the Horgon reference again. Yes. <laughs> I okay. cracked up in that scene. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's he an entire film. He is still mating with me. Um, I enjoyed the scene with uh, the captain just trying to decide what her cool catchphrase should be for when they go to warp. That was pretty mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Which again, like, like, is sort of uh, reiterating the things that were established in season one, right? Like, right. this is like we have to the people, the bridge crew have to have their how do you, how did I phrase that? Like they need to like establish their their legend, so to speak. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty great. Um, I liked Marin, the that that alien race when Bomber's like, "Wait, you dated one of them?" She's like, "Yes, but only twice, just to upset my mother." <laughs> <laughs> It was pretty great. Uh, I mean, the show, I think the jokes landed a little bit better in this episode for me than in the first one. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I think mainly because you're not having to establish characters really anymore. That's yeah. one thing about Lower Decks is you could, you just basically needed the pilot to give your characters, and now you're off and running. Mm-hmm. The, the pilot definitely seems like jokes were being shot out like in a scattergun. Yeah. Because, like... I would still be laughing and they would be, they were moving on with other jokes. It's like, I'm missing this. I'm missing parts of the show because you're not giving us time to digest. And, and this, they were very, they were more meticulous with what, where they were putting the jokes. Right. And putting the laugh lines. Yeah. That's how I feel too. And it still <laughs> feels very much like Star Trek. Like that's, that's the right. fascinating thing to me. Like the the end shot with Rutherford and Tendy in the Jeffrey's tubes, mm-hmm. where she's watching the the pulsar or whatever on on the uh, the pad, and he's you know fixing whatever conduit that he's fixing for the umpteenth time, and they're just hanging out. It's like that. It's very pretty right there. Yeah, very very uh very earnest and precious. Uh, Norm points out that it is a neat little moment uh, when what's his name is practice is about to join security. When he looks into it, looks down at Jeffrey's tube, they actually play like a Trek love theme. Oh, did they? Yeah, nice. Yeah, it has it has little touches like that, but it's it's pretty nice. Um, you can definitely tell that the people writing the show love Trek. You can't do a show like this and not love Trek at its heart. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to pull it off and and make it feel real. You know? Yep. So uh, they I really threw in a. That. They threw in a section 3031 joke. I, I missed yeah. that. When he's power walking and she, uh, Boimler is power walking for whatever yep. reason. I don't remember. And she's making fun of him. He's like, they do this in section 31. Right. Yeah. She's like, I'm going, to, she's like, I'm normal walking and going as fast as you. <laughs> I don't know if that's like a reference to something. I don't know. I think what it's becoming is that Section 31 was always meant to be like super secretive and no one knows about it at all. That's how DS9 tried to establish it. And like clearly 
it's now becoming the worst kept secret in all of the, in like in all of Starfleet. Oh yeah. Oh, so it's like the NSA of Starfleet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think that's what's kind of happening. Dobson, cool. we've cool, got cool. Dobson over here. <laughs> um, I really, I was very nervous at first when the Ferengi shows up. He's like, oh, human. I'm like, oh, wait. You guys aren't reverting to every ugly racial stereotype that we foisted upon the Ferengi. I was really concerned about that. And then at the end, I'm, this will give it away, but at the end when he calls up Meritor and says, did it well? Did it help? He's like, oh, yeah, thank you so much. He feels so much better. He's like, all right, cool. Now, how's the kids? Oh, they're great. Yeah, I... Like, much like the first episode where it's like, as soon as you meet Mariner and then they introduce the captain and the captain's like, I want you to keep an eye on her. It's like, oh, that's her mom. Right. As soon as the Fringy showed up, I'm like, he knows Mariner. <laughs> I kind like, of figured that, but I was still like not looking forward to them kind of revisiting those tropes. But then pretty much selling it as the joke at the end works better. Yeah. Huh. And, and, and that's just it is what I've seen of them them do with Star Trek so far leads me to believe it's like, no, we're we're paying attention to everything that's been done. Yeah. Which means that was not the direction that we went with the Ferengi and we're not going back there. Right. And and, and I guess because I was hoping for that so much that I was yeah. like I initially got just I was like, oh no, don't do it. Please don't do that. I also realized I didn't notice this in the first uh, episode, but uh, one of the, during the second episode, one of the uh, one of the higher ups uh, mentioned the prophets, and then I was like, "Oh!" And he's got little yeah, ridges, and he's got. I'm like, "That guy's Bajoran." I, how did I miss that the first episode? Oh yeah, the the I chief of security, know. chief of security is Bajoran. That sounds right. Yeah. Yep. Totally yeah. flew past me in the first episode. You're a natural born warrior. <laughs> um, I try to remember who's the voice of that guy. Who's the voice of the? What's the character's name? Uh, I'm trying to put up here. Oh, hold on! I just saw it. Is it Lieutenant Lute- Shax? Yes, it is. And it's Fred Tascascuri. Okay. That means nothing to me. Yeah, I got nothing. Uh, uh, find out. Um. I do hope this is kind of semi-related to lower decks. So I, you guys know I have those like those Eagle Moss, my little Star Trek ships. Mm-hmm. I really, I, I assume that's inevitable. They're going to do one on the Cerritos, but I really want them to make it look like it's animated. Like, don't give it the realistic paint job like all the other ships have. Like when you order it, I want it to look like a cartoon a, ship. A cartoon ship, yeah. <laughs> That'd be good. I mean, Take it right from the model that you know the CGI wireframe, but I want it to look like a cartoon ship. Um, That'd be cute. And you know it's Star Trek, so you can completely ream us for money. You can do two versions of it. And we'll probably buy both. Like one if it existed in the real world and the animated version. Yeah. Okay. Oh Christ! That means we're gonna start doing animated versions of all of them on that website. Shit. Uh, there are worse things. No. Yeah, I. He's done a lot of um, voice work on multiple things. I don't think there's anything that really stands out. Yeah. There was an episode of Robot Chicken where he played Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. 
That's awesome. I can I can see that being a lot of fun. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I'm still digging the show. I think it's very fun. Yeah. Um, I, I know. I I've still- definitely seen some people who don't feel like it belongs in the Star Trek universe, or like I would like it if it didn't didn't want to be Star Trek, or like it was just so just its own thing. There are just there are Trek fans that are never ever ever going to be cool with a Star Trek show that is primarily comedy based and doesn't uh, that doesn't kind of show the ideal the stories they think Star Trek should tell. Seeing I I get that that is their takeaway mm-hmm. of what the show is. But I feel that the show also offers a counterpoint to that where it is like in Mariner, they have a character that exemplifies everything they love about all the other tracks. Yeah, that's how I feel, too. Like, there's not a thing that she's done that, like, I look at her and I'm like, that's Kirk, that's Archer, that's Janeway, that's, well, it's not Picard, but (laughs) it's later Picard. (laughs) Right, yeah. I think to me the thing is that like just because you're an animated series or a comedy series doesn't mean that you can't get uh, poignant or you know just like have some real talk with your audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a lot of really really good shows do that. Um, and whether they're like for a younger audience or meant to be like an adults only comedy you can you can be serious with it and you can you can you can you can still have a good message, uh, just because you have one swear word and uh, maybe like a bunch of toilet jokes doesn't necessarily mean you can't have both. <laughs> right. Not that I want a bunch of toilet humor, but no. But I, I can guarantee you, every single Star Trek fan ever has gone. Where's the toilet? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've all yeah. We there are Trek fans that may say like. No, check must all be serious. But you know what? You've still made the joke. You still like laughed at certain things. Mm-hmm. I mean, for years, Walter Koenig literally used a bathroom as the reason why Khan remembers him in Wrath of Khan because Chekhov is not even on Star Trek when they film Spacey. There's no Chekhov in season one. Nope. So the joke he tells is that the reason why Khan remembers him is that Khan had just come out of the bathroom and sees Chekhov finishing cleaning up and says that was the cleanest bathroom I have ever seen I will never forget you like like that's the story so yeah literal bathroom humor has like been part of Trek since there was Trek um, I remember there was an early schematic of Enterprise D that showed uh, behind the captain's chair on the bridge Mm-hmm. is literally an easy access toilet for in case the captain has to go to the bathroom but can't leave the bridge. Like, they almost made that, like, part of the canon schematics of the Enterprise. And they're like, well, maybe that's what we did. That would have been... I also try to imagine something that is so dire that you can't leave the bridge, but you would be fine with literally spinning your chair... Tossing a whiz while your tactical officer is just kind of looking down at you like, uh, orders, sir, orders, captain, um, or should I wait? Yeah. You done? Okay. I'll, I'll, wait mm-hmm. for you to spin, I'll wait for you to spin back around. Yeah. What, are, what are women captains supposed to do? 
I, I don't know. Just hope you, have, you practice your aim. Yeah. Not sure. Maybe if you're, maybe if you're, if you're, uh, if your transporter chief's good enough, maybe it's like, lock onto my stream, beam it out into space. <laughs> well, I'm leaving now. Energize. Oh my God. That would make poor Sad O'Brien's job even more sad. Well, it's another day of beaming the captain's whiz out into space. Oh, I feel the bowel movement coming on. Can you just, you know, beam Gee. that right out of there? That's right. <laughs> Doesn't beam it out far enough. It smears on the side of the ship. So oh, no. Poor cadet has to go back and clean it. I took zero G training for this. <laughs> we could write Lower Decks episodes. This is easy. Yep. I don't think that's true. I don't think it's easy. I'm out. I'm out. Um, Such a prude. We're... uh, It's not prudish to not be okay with literal poop jokes. You know what? Mine was pee. This is true. I'm I'm the one that got... No, I actually... I, I only shook my head at the pee jokes. Once... Once Cable took it to the next level, that's when I was like, I want no yeah. part of this. Yeah, that's right. Um, we are also uh, four episodes away from being done with uh, season two of Discovery. So I've been caught up on oh, that. Oh, hey. cool. Well, that might be right about when you're ready to wrap it up. We'll be able to have like a little recap and get ready for season three. Because that means we're... If episode three of Lower Decks is dropping this week, that means we are seven weeks out from Discovery Season 3. Yeah, it's October 15th is the target date. Yeah, nice. So, super. so That could be good timing then. That'll work out very well. I'm, I'm going to get on that Twilight Zone, too. Hmm? Look, I got to get on that zone? new season of Twilight Zone. And yeah, Lovecraft I, Country just released, and people I know. are loving it. I'm going to maybe watch that this evening. I'm going to see. I heard it. I read. I love the book. What is the Sorry, the what book? is this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lovecraft Country. Lovecraft. Oh yes. Yeah, the book's great. So, I didn't know it was a book first. Yeah, I I listened to the audiobook version of it, but yeah, it's very very good. Um, so yeah, well maybe we should wrap up tonight. Sounds good. Yeah, I think so. I think we're all a little uh, sleepy too. Everybody <laughs> in the chat, I, thanks for giving us something to talk about. Yeah. Um, oh, that reminds me, I was going to recommend a movie to you guys, and since we're all already here okay. might as well just do it on air um it is a spanish language movie it's on netflix it's called the incident or el incidente um if you are in a spanish-speaking country um and it is a um i guess i wouldn't necessarily call it a sci-fi it's more of a it's a sort of a purgatory concept movie right. but uh people get trapped in a place for however many years uh they can't escape they can't like no one else comes or goes it's just sort of like this like isolation uh thing i I don't want to give too much away but it was a really really interesting uh storyline especially like as you get to the end and like more things become clear um it starts off a little like "Mm, this feels like a really low-budget independent film projects right. kind of a vibe. 
but uh but it's worth it's worth writing it up cool yeah i saw your post about it i definitely want to check it out yeah and apparently it's leaving netflix soon so i would watch it like this week probably, probably. all right all right I don't, I netflix don't tends to drop stuff on like on a monthly basis right like they yeah but i don't know like month. when in the month is it like oh, when okay. the month turns over or what so okay yeah, yeah, I'm whenever, definitely curious when yeah, I saw what you post. Whenever they decide. Yeah, right. Well, cool. Next week, uh, we're going to have on David Propose to talk about his new Kickstarter, The Oz, mm-hmm. that launched uh, yesterday. He already got fully funded within six oh, hours. So wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Looking forward to chatting with him. He'll be on the 7 o'clock hour, though. He won't be able to join us right at 6. Okay. okay. Uh, so that works. Cool. And then... Yeah, then we got stuff coming up after that. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, I guess with that being said, I'm Aaron Duran. I'm Benarita. And I'm Cable Hashitani. Bean, last week you said you wanted to end stuff by saying support the Brack Resilience Fund, and then I say screw Ted Wheeler resign. Oh, we did talk about that. Uh, and support the Black Resilience Fund. And screw Ted Wheeler, you must resign. We did it. Uh, Smooth. Smooth. (laughs) Like what it was.